We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Hour number two, Dale and Keith, Sports Radio, WEEI. Uh, we'll, we'll give you what we have, which is a, a very cursory amount of information. Keith just mentioned it during the award-winning trending now. Thank you, Dale. Moments ago. Uh, about 12 minutes before the Red Sox locker room availability was scheduled to take place, the Red Sox announced very quickly there will be no locker room availability. They closed it off. And this was about 12 minutes before it was supposed to, supposed to happen. They announced that manager Alex Cora would speak at 10 o'clock. He did. He was visibly shaken. He was obviously emotional. And... Uh, Similar to when he spoke so eloquently a week or so ago after the passing of Nick Cafardo, he talked about putting this game in perspective and real life and and the Red Sox are a family. David Price, who I don't think has been on Twitter in months, appeared on Twitter today and talked about, you know, staying together and this is a, a family. Uh, the, the, the inference... The inference here, well, we'll, we'll play you some of, of what Alex Cora said, and then, you know, we'll give you the rest that we have, which mm-hmm. isn't much. For everything that we went through last year, it was awesome, but I think the, the coolest thing is we really became a family. You start looking at everything we went through, it was amazing, but uh, there's certain days that you look back and you're like, yeah, that's what makes this special. The same way they were there for me when, when Addy... You know, JD's, uh, JD's son passed away. You know, they were there for me the same way I'm going to be there for them. I mean, he's obviously emotional. It's yeah. obvious. Uh, it, it's obvious. And all indications are this does not involve something wrong with a member of the Red Sox, but a family member. Probably a close family member, right. and by the sounds of it, has passed away. That's what it seems it like. It sure sounds yeah. that yeah. way. And and literally, that's all we know. Now, right. I, I can it. tell you that there are a bunch of reporters down there, including Rob Bradford. Uh, at this point, no one has hinted anything to anybody uh, as to what it is. Now, I'm not sure that in the wider world of, of sports, it really should be our damn business. But everybody, no, but it, you it'll always want to know. And, it, it always no, it will. No, it but you're right. Will. Does it really matter? No. It's, it's, they're dealing with something, and uh, they're supposed to play two games today, right? they got, like, two 1 o'clock games. Yeah, they've got a split squad today. and um, Although it's a lot of, you know, minor leaguers and stuff that play in those games anyway. So that'll happen. So maybe we'll, we'll find out more of it today, but... Just a brutal spring training. If you think about it, you know, Nick Cafardo and all the guys, Alex Cora certainly, but a lot of the players had a relationship with him, let alone all the fellow beat writers and everything right. down there. But just that was very emotional. And now you add this to the mix all before before the season starts. You know, as Cora said, you know, it puts things in perspective. You know, this is a game. That, that kind of, like when you're hearing that, then you know it's something really bad. When Nick Cafardo passed away unexpectedly last week, Alex not only spoke eloquently about Nick for about seven and a half minutes, didn't talk about anything having to do with the team, nope. just talked about Nick. He he also admitted that he spoke to his team about Nick. Mm. He said that he had just spoken to the players about Nick's passing. And, and I mean, Alex Cora just seems to be one of those guys who 
gets it. Absolutely does. And now sounds like he's going to have to have another talk and with that, the team. You know, there's something that yeah. his team is dealing with of, of some emotion, very emotional nature based on Cora's demeanor. But it really does show you, too. I mean, when right now you're comparing all the teams and you see just how close the Red Sox are. And they were so close last year. And they even added guys at the deadline. And Nathan Evaldi and Steve Pierce and even Ian Kinsler were all welcomed in. And then just the run that they had in the playoffs, that image of them giving Chris Sale a standing O going out. Going out of the bullpen. And now they had a ton of talent. They had the MVP of the league. They had the guy who came in fourth in the MVP. They had the Cy Young winner. So you need that. But sort of what pushes them even more over the top was just how close they were together and how they would all fight for each other and everything else. You see that with the Bruins. You see it with the Patriots. You see the opposite. There's one team you don't see it for. The Celtics are the opposite of that. They're actually, everybody will say, well, you know, the Red Sox are are like a a family. It's like the Celtics are probably more like a realistic family. (laughs) The amount of fighting that is going on. This is what our family's really like. This person doesn't talk to this person. That's a real family. That's what it seems like the Celtics are. And that's something that, can you... Can you coach that, or can you create it, or can you find it? Isn't that something that you just kind of have? Now, I I know it gets better as time goes on. I'm sure day one that this Red Sox group was together, they're not as tight as here now where we are. But it and had they to brought st- back so many guys. But it that, had to that, start better than right, this, right? right? Like where the Celtics were. Like I don't know how you you patch this thing up. I don't know. I mean the other the other teams are all great examples of teams that that'll do anything for each other. They're not throwing anybody else under the bus. They all might. Maybe they'll pick a a fight with members of the media. Great. Fine. Do that. Even if that's all the Celtics did. Great. But it's when they're sniping at each other nonstop. It's like, okay, that's not helping you. There's the famous Red Auerbach quote, "You you, you can't coach height. And I understand that. I don't think you can have chemistry. You either have it or you don't have it is what I'm saying. You can't develop it. You know, it can get better. And winning obviously helps. It can definitely get better. But if but you've it, got a bunch of guys who don't apparently get along very well. Like, it ha- like what's the baseline? Like, you probably have to start at a certain level. Like, all right, here's the group. And then as you go through experiences, and that's the other thing, is I think chemistry can improve. But also what comes from that is, all right, if there's adversity, and I'm talking more on the court, but even still, like, you know, what they're what the team is dealing with right now, maybe that does bring them even closer together. That's a real possibility. But the Celtics this year have had so many bad losses, which are also so many opportunities to come back stronger. So you get embarrassed by the Bulls. The Bulls suck. They're not going to be a playoff team. They just want a good draft pick. They they stink. You lose to them. Okay, how do you respond to it? Oh, here you go. Even worse. <laughs> like that. And then once that piles up, then I think at that point there's really no no turning around. I mean, I just, I don't see how you fix a bunch of guys who don't get along together. And it's one of those chicken and egg things. If they got along together, would they play better? Probably. If, if they had better chemistry, would they play better? <laughs> yeah, Probably. Right, right, right. But can they develop chemistry if they continue to play poorly? Probably not. Well, and so Danny Ainge will join us tomorrow around noon. And I heard an interview that Danny Ainge did earlier in the year. And he said that he has never traded a player just for chemistry purposes. Right. Now, he said on the court, 
Sure, like if there's guys that just don't really gel on the court, but he meant more yeah, like... Yeah, if his game doesn't jive with this guy's game. Then you kind of have to, right. right? And he's been here a long time. He's made a lot of trades. But he was talking specifically like if two players in the locker room don't like each other or there's real tension there, he's never had to trade a player away. And you wonder with this team... Well, first of all, this team will not be back next year. No matter what it is, it just won't be. You know, Marcus Morris is a free agent. Uh, they may trade Jason Tatum for Anthony Davis. Kyrie Irving may go to the Knicks. Like, oh, there's so many things that are going to happen that that's one thing I can guarantee you. This 13 man roster no, no, will no. not and, be back together. And it never happens. I know. Yeah, I know. It's a, steaming I know, it's hot a take. piping hot take, Rossi. What did I tell you to do with this sounder, by the way? Remember when I told oh, you? I, I know you told exact, me to play it I know exactly. I told you to what, shine it up real nice, I turn know, it sideways. Yeah, Remember that? Yeah, oh, yeah. Play and, it, and play it more often. It was a good rock reference that it's he a, made. It's a hot take, but my, my, my point is the roster's going to change, and therefore the chemistry is going to be different next year no matter what. So the question is, how can you maximize this team? And I don't think it's that bad that we don't really know the answer, but the fact that I really feel like Brad Stevens also doesn't know the answer, that's, that's the worst thing about it. Like, it's not like they're close. like, ooh, like you can see it. Like, they're close. Like, oh, they just haven't been able to break through, but they're right there. It's like, no, they're not. They lose to bad teams. Now they're losing to good teams. They always lose on the road. They, lo- they lose when they're up by 28 points. Like, they, it's just, they're still in fifth place. Like, you, you're wondering, like, are, the other, when Victor Oladipo got hurt, I just gave them a top four seed. I'm like, well, at least they'll have home court in the first round. But Indiana still sitting there at third. The the they're not just going to give it to you. Don't you, have to you take think that there are only two teams who should be ahead of them in the East? Uh, Toronto and Milwaukee. Yeah, but even from a from a talent perspective, you look at the Celtics roster and you say, okay, Toronto's really good, but they Milwaukee's up with them. really good. They should be. It should it should have been pick a team out of the hat from those three. First, second, third. Boom, boom, boom. That's that's what it should have been. You know, because both of those teams, they've like the Raptors have fought through some injuries too. The the Celtics, I believe, are on pace for what, like forty nine wins, something like that. That's pretty embarrassingly low for this amount of talent that they have. And right now they're rocking the fifth seed, which is just I mean, Never thought that. Slow start, you know, working together, playing together for the first time, all that stuff. You never would have come up with, oh, they're going to be on the road in the first round of the playoffs. Under no scenario. 617-779-7937 is the telephone number. Scott's in Dorchester. Hey, Scott. Hey, how you guys doing? Good. What's going on, Scott? Um, Kyrie's got to go. He, he's, he is like a radioactive element that's causing the whole team to have tumors in their brains. And these tumors are causing everyone to act like Kyrie. No one's taking responsibility. No one's playing defense. Everyone's pointing fingers. The longer this guy is around, the greater the damage he is incurring upon this franchise. And that's the solution. And everyone knows it. Danny knows it. The coach knows it. But they're not going to say it. All right, so uh, well, he's going to be gone next year. Yeah, he's probably going to be gone he's anyway. Gonna, he's he's going to go to the Knicks yeah, or the Lakers another, or the Lakers. Know, if Kyrie never played with LeBron, he'd probably be regarded as like that kid Booker from Phoenix. No, he's you know better I mean? than Devin Booker. Come on, no, he isn't. Yes, he oh, is. Of course, he, he is. He was uh, Scott Kyrie Irving was think, starting in the All Star game before he ever even played with LeBron. So give me, he was the number one overall pick in the draft. He is a great offensive talent. Okay. And he, every point he scores, he gives up. 
He scores 20. He gives up 24. Can't you make the same case about Steph Curry and James Harden? Those guys are great players. James Harden, no one outscores him. He, he'll score 40, and the guy he's guarding scores 28. Yeah, whatever. Kyrie, Kyrie just doesn't do it on the defensive end. You don't win that way. He can't. Everyone, he can, the problem with Kyrie. How many Kyrie great defensive score. players are in the league, Scott? Five? Kyrie four? Can score on anyone three, in the league. One? And everyone can score on Kyrie. Joe Blow takes Kyrie to the rack. Every well, everybody time. can st- score on Steph Curry. I would take him in a second. That's a terrible argument now. The uh, Oh, he's a, he's a liability on defense. Well, part of it is also team defense. You think Ray Allen was this great defender? No. Now, it seemed like he tried a little bit more when he was on this Celtics team, but they had a really good team defense, and it was anchored by Kevin Garnett. They have Al Horford. They have Smart. They have Morris. They got guys who can play defense. All right, let me. Kyrie Irving's defense is certainly not great. I'm not trying to make excuses for that, but that is not the reason why they are where they are. All right, so we've tried to come up with answers here, and the callers come up with We're his grasping. answer. He, yeah, no, we are. Yeah. We absolutely are. We we said you know Kyrie's the problem. We said Gordon Hayward is the problem. Stevens, Brad Stevens is yeah. the problem. Let me give you another option: Marcus Morris, who's playing for a contract. Mm-hmm. Doesn't particularly like to see anybody playing ahead of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's the guy who seems to be in the middle. Whenever there's some altercation, some issue, he's there. He seems to be somewhere in the middle of it. I think he's a good one to put to the list. I do think after once he got put into the starting lineup, that was the right move, and he was playing great. But I wouldn't be surprised if that sort of spark has run out. Still got a long season to go. You don't. You don't have a long season to go, Marcus. Not that plus minus is everything in the league. Uh, or in, in a nightly basis. But Marcus Morris led the team in scoring last night with 17 points. He was also a minus 24. That's not good, is that it? That is not very good. And for a team that lacks toughness, having a tough... And I think Marcus Morris is tough. But when the whole team doesn't have it, you're like, all right, well, what are you even really bringing to the table there? So, yeah, he could be a guy. Loves to you shoot. Know, we, we've been up and down, up and down, up and down. Um, and the best thing about it is... Still got a lot of games to correct it. <laughs> That's the best thing about it. Got a lot of games to correct it. How many games do they have left? Like 19? 21. 20, 21 games left. What? Good news is, plenty of time to turn this thing around, Dale. Doesn't feel that way, Keith. I disagree. Okay. Well, see, you're the glass half mm-hmm. full guy. Mm-hmm. I'm the glass half They're going to be guy. just fine. 617-779-7937 is the telephone number. Text line is 37937. Dale and Keefe, Sports Radio, WEEI. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Take Dale and Keith with you wherever you go. Download the Radio.com app. Now back to Dale and Keith on WEEI. You obviously went through the market last year. Are you surprised that this ended up being this way this year? No, 100% I knew it was. You knew it was. Why wouldn't it? Why wouldn't it? I don't know. They got away with it last year. Why wouldn't they do it again? Yeah. You know? What's, what's going to happen? Nothing. I mean, it's, it's embarrassing for baseball. It really is. It's really embarrassing for the game. It's. You have 
a business. Everyone's saying, oh, the market's down, the market's changing, this and that. The market's higher than it's ever been. People are making more money than they ever made. And they're trying to suppress it. It's almost, you know, it's a race towards the bottom now than it is towards the top. So that's J.D. Martinez, who signed as a free agent with the Boston Red Sox a year ago yesterday. February 26th, a year ago, he uh, he reached agreement. Yeah, it was one of those, God, is anybody ever going to sign this guy? Right. Worked out pretty well for the Red Sox, by the way. And for him, he's got a million opt-outs. Oh, yeah, he, he can opt-out tomorrow, and he, then he can opt-out again on Saturday. And... Well, he, well the, the end of this year, he probably will opt-out. So what he's referring to is free agency in Major League Baseball. Is a then, joke. And you've still got, you know, some pretty, pretty big pieces out there waiting to see where they land. Obviously, Bryce Harper's at the top of the list. But Craig Kimbrell, J.D. Martinez's teammate from a year ago, there were some reports out there to, the, that he would consider sitting out a year if he didn't get a contract How insane off. insane no, His that, agent immediately said, no, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. That, no, no. that no. came from somewhere, though. And that was like a real writer that had that. It wasn't just like somebody speculated. Well, his agent immediately mm. said, that's not true. I know, because I think he got just ridiculed for saying that. But like, are right, you going to take a year off? and not make a penny, and then you think you're going to make more next year. But you have the best closers available. I would say one of the best starters, Dallas Keuchel, is still out yep. there. I don't think he was ranked number one for free agents, but he was up at the top. Real good starter, sure. And then Bryce Harper, who is the number one free agent, are all still out. We're two days away from March, and all these guys are still out. Do you blame the owners slash GMs or the players more for how bad free or how bad the offseason is? The agents? Can I can I add the agents okay. to the players? So list? players then? I mean, the players yeah. hire these agents, so I you know I, I lump See, them I, together. I actually think general managers and owners in Major League Baseball are trying to kind of get a grip on things. They're they're saying that you know the top of the the top of the heap guys are going to get a lot of money. Nolan yeah. Arenado is going to get a boatload of money, but he's a great he's player. Worth it's it. It's worth it. Yeah. Their problem was it was the guys who were you know not that not that tier, but a tier or two down like David Price, who were getting these unbelievable contracts. I don't know if he, he was a tier down, though. Oh, David I don't think Price he, was a top guy. I don't think so. Wait, what? I, I like David Price. He's not what I would consider oh, wait, when they top signed of the him, heap. Really? When they $30 million dollar heap? Yes, when oh, they I signed believe, him. I, I don't believe he was worth now, $30 million. Now, I've had million my problems with him, but he was one of the best pitchers in baseball. Cy Young, runner-up in Cy Young. He's one of the best guys. He's not a tier down. I, a tier I, below who? I think that the contracts, well, and pitching contracts are a different uh, uh, kettle of fish anyway, but the length of contract, the average annual value. Well, the length of contract is what has killed all these teams, and they end up having to pay these guys $25, $30 million a year when they're done, when they're toast. And you remember when $20 million was a big contract. Now it's $30 million, and it's for ace pitchers. It's for power hitters. And the thing is, I don't think it's going to change anytime soon unless they make actual rule changes because Manny Machado waited forever and it was super boring and there was never any updates. But then he gets $300 million. So who who ended up caving? The teams did. The team ended up still giving him yeah. the amount of money that he wanted. Bryce Harper is going to sign for more than $300 million. So you can say all you want about oh he sat out My for guess six is months. Three twenty five. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, Three twenty five for ten AAV of thirty two point five. Although now what they're saying about the Arenado contract, just to put this in perspective, mm -hmm. is that apparently this year he's playing under the twenty six million that he had contracted for, and they said with the with the extension after that and the amount 
his AAV goes to $33.3 million oh, a year. Wow. Okay. Which, I th- I which still, will affect Bryce Harper. I still think that puts him below Granky. I think average annual, I think Granky might make yeah, the most. Yeah, but as for a position player, it's the most. Oh, no, no. And, 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 and Bryce Harper's going to say, oh, no, no. I got to be higher than that. Well, Trout makes a ton, too. Trout, on the deal that he's on, he might be in that ballpark, but he doesn't have the long-term deal. He could be a free agent at the same time that Mookie Betts could be in a couple of years. But I just see these guys waiting forever, and it's so, it's so bad. Like, it's not as exciting. Like, July 1st in the NBA is crazy. You know, Woj is going to have a million tweets. There's going to be trades. There's going to be free agent signings. It's going to be chaos, and it's great for the league, and everybody's talking about it. Guys are changing teams. Baseball, the World Series ends early November, and now you get Bryce Harper might sign in March like, what is that? The, the Red Sox are going to have played like oh, a March week of what, spring Friday? training games. I, yeah. It's hard to picture him signing before that. Probably not. And, like, that's just, it's just terrible. And so what they need to do, and the players won't like this, and the players' union is as good as there, as there is in the world, they're not going to like this. They were, they were able to put that pitch clock off for a few years, for weren't they? 2022. Great. So we're looking forward to that. But don't they need to protect the GMs and the owners and put a From cap. themselves? Yes. That's what the NBA did. Yeah. There are no more 10-year deals. We're not doing 10-year deals. We're not doing 8-year deals. Do the thing where it's a max of 4 or 5, and then if it's your team, if you want to encourage the ability to re-sign your guys, like Harper in Washington or Trout in L.A. or even Mookie Betts here, you can offer them one more year here. Something along those lines. And then I think the money would still be spent. I think the average annual contracts would still be through the roof, but you just wouldn't have to pay a guy until he's 38 years old. The guys would still, they'd, they'd probably start paying $40 million. The money would still be insane, but you'd feel better about it because you say, all right, we're signing this guy in his prime. He'll give us four good years. I don't think he'll give us eight, but we'll sign him for four. And then it goes back, I remember the Pedro contract with the Mets. And everybody was saying, well, he'll be really good for a year or two. Yeah. And, then, and then the other three or four years, oh he's not going to be good at all. The, base, the, the starting pitchers... The list, like Johan Santana and Roy Halladay and Barry Zito. Remember the Barry Zito contract? All these guys signed these monster deals. And you're like, well, those last three years, he's just going to be a bum. Like you're going to be paying a, a fourth guy or even if he's healthy enough to go. You might just pay him not to pitch. And teams had to do that, though, or they would have missed out because there's multiple teams trying to sign him. I think that... When all is said and done, you know, the, the, the top of the tier guys are going to get these unbelievable contracts, which, by the way, indicates that the uh, the death of baseball that everybody keeps talking about may be a little overstated. I mean, the money seems to be the there. The money is there. Yeah. But, I, but you're right. Ultimately, would baseball be better served with a strict, fl- plain old ordinary salary cap? They sort of kind of have one, but we don't really have one. It's a luxury yeah, tax. Right. We kind of penalize you. If you get to this point, it's it's so convoluted. No, I don't think they need a salary cap. I just think they need to limit the length of contracts. That's it. It's as, it's as simple as that. And I think there would be a lot more activity. Teams would be signing sooner. and then. But go ahead and, and sign a guy to whatever you want. You know, if you want, it will give you two years, $90 million. You can get nuts if you want. Now, there's still the luxury tax rules and all that other stuff. But I think if you really put it on them that they have to sign shorter deals, it would end up working out for everybody in the long run. And just for baseball, like the <laughs> you talk about like the death of baseball. 
part of it is these other sports find a way to make their off seasons exciting. We got the NFL Combine starting up soon. The draft is going to be all, all kinds the press of stuff. The free conferences today. Mike Vrabel's been oh, talking. They go nuts. They love it. Baseball. Patricia's been talking. Oh. Brian Flores has been talking. This he disappeared. They don't for six tell months. you anything, by the way. Baseball. They the, tell you nothing, but they nope, all talk. But they're there, and you can you can find something in there. But baseball's the longest sport. You go from April to essentially November, but then that's it. Then it's done. Then there's nothing else. They don't they don't continue it. There's really nothing else to talk about. And so you still have all these big time free agents waiting to be signed. Some are going to get their money though. Like Bryce Harper, at the end of all this, you're going to say, "Well, I guess it worked out for him. I don't know why he couldn't have signed sooner." But he's going to he's going to end up getting his money. Kimbrel may not. That's a little bit of a different case. And that's weird, isn't it? Now, uh, it may be that ultimately the marketplace has told Craig Kimbrell, Craig, you're not worth what you thought you were. He wants too many For years. the amount of time you yeah. thought you were. Right. And he's too proud to say, okay, then I'll adjust. Yeah, he's not going to do it. And Dombrowski has really ruled out him he's, coming he's not back. Going, he's not going after him, it, it appears. He's not or he's playing here. the GM game. and Yeah. But I wonder if he's going to have to do one of those, sign a one-year deal at as much, like max out the money, and then get right back on the market. Or more likely a three-year deal with an opt-out each year, like something like J.D. Martinez, where if he has a really good year, because he he was good, but he wasn't lights-out dominant, and he was shaky in the playoffs. So you add all that to, oh, by the way, I want to be the highest-paid closer, eh, I don't I don't think it's going to get it done. I'll give you a, um, a piece of Bruins news. Oh, just a piece? Well, How about I the whole thing? I don't know enough detail yet. Right. I will tell you that Patrice Bergeron was not at practice today. Upper body or lower body? Well, there was a point during the game last night where you could see trainer Don Del Negro talking to Bergeron and looking at his hand. Uh, Bergeron was not on the ice for practice today, and the Bruins have just announced that they've recalled Peter Solarik and Carson Kuhlman on an emergency basis. Oh, boy. Now, I'm not saying the two are related, but I'm... I would say that they are. It sort of feels like they're a little bit related. Well, that's not ideal. The uh, at least the possibility, I won't say probability, but at least the possibility that he may not be available for tomorrow night's game. Well, that sucks because that's going to be a fun game to watch. Taking on Tampa Bay at home, you assume Tuca's back in for that one. You got the new guys, no Pasternak, obviously, and now potentially no Bergeron. That uh, takes out some of the excitement. Those uh, those two guys are practicing with the team even as we speak. Mm. Now they were originally, and, and this gets into those those paper transaction things. Uh, there's a rule that says that if you're not on the American Hockey League roster at 3 p.m. on Monday, you are not eligible to play in the playoffs for that American Hockey League team. So the Bruins sent Solarik and Kuhlman down to Providence before 3 p.m. on Monday, knowing all along they were going to bring them back here, but at least they're then on the Providence roster at 3 o'clock, eligible to play in the playoffs, which you want them to do if, if the Providence Bruins are playing after the Boston Bruins are done. They have been recalled on an emergency basis, but you've got to have players injured to justify the emergency call-up. Well, so if Bergeron's hurt, I mean, we have no idea how long he'd be out for. No, and I don't even like know that. that I, and, and again, I don't know that he's not playing tomorrow. I just know okay. that he's he's not practicing. Uh, he was being looked at on the bench Although by I'm the am- trainer Aren't last you amazed night. how well they've played without Pasternak and how they've been able to score goals without Pasternak? Like, I don't really understand how they've been able to do that. Now the two you don't the, need them. The, well, the two new guys have definitely in the in the short time here have obviously helped. You you improve your overall skill. Like when you look at your forwards, you have more true NHL forwards that are out there for you. 
But I, I'm surprised about Pasternak. Without without Bergeron, though, I mean, forget it. Like, it's like is and, there? And, and by the way, a I don't even know if he's not available well, for tomorrow. I mean, and B, I certainly don't know. You know, if but you're if calling he got up hurt, those, but, if you're calling up those jabronis, that's a, there's a little bit of a concern. Jabronis, a little. How would you? What would you call them? That's a negative connotation on your part. What would you call them? They were roster players before Monday. They had to be sent to Providence to be playoff eligible. Jabronis, both of them. Wow. Now my my concern would just be: Do the Bruins fall out of the two seed? And Toronto has played one less game. They're down by three points. They have the tiebreaker as it stands right now, so that would be a little concerning. Because the first tiebreaker is not head to head, right? Or is it? Or is it just is it the row that everybody talks about? First is, is head to head. Oh, okay, so the Bruins have that then. Um, but if they have to go on the road round one, as great as you know, we're feeling really good about this team. But now all of a sudden you're in Toronto for four out of seven games. Now all of a sudden this great season could be could be over as quick as the Celtics. God, you go right to negative, well, negative Bergeron, town in a heartbeat. Bergeron's I said he's not hurt. on the ice for practice today. Well, he's hurt. You brought that to my attention. I that s- is my first reaction. Yeah, your first reaction is he's not a practice What are you today. saying? Good news? He's done for the year. What are you saying? Good I mean, news? Like no Bergeron? You've taken this right to negative What town. do you want me to say about it? You're saying good news? I didn't say good news. They just news. brought up these two guys from the AHL on the ice? That's Well, helpful? I told you they were going to bring him up anyway. Yeah, but if without Bergeron, and you don't have Pasternak for at least a couple more weeks, they've played really well without those guys. But now you play Tampa tomorrow. They got a nice long homestand here coming up. This is uh, last night was game one of a six game homestand, their longest of the year. Yeah, so maybe you can they're, pile uh, on the points. They're home tomorrow night against Tampa Bay, the best team in in hockey, and they're home against the Devils on Saturday. So you know they've got two more home games this week, three more home games next week as part of the six game homestand, and then they go on the road for three. Do they have any real issues right now outside of uh, injury, like just getting Pasternak back healthy? Is no. that the main thing? No. Yeah, so that's a pretty good place to be in. Uh, you feel good about uh, they're They're one of the best teams in the NHL in terms of team defense, goals against. Uh, they're second or third in the league as far as goals against are concerned. You were concerned about scoring, and then as you pointed out, even in the aftermath of David Posternock's injury, they've been piling up the goals here lately. Now, are they better than they were last year? Because I remember feeling really good about last year's team. This team is deeper. Okay. Because last year... Is, well, I I should say, once they get Posternock back... Then they're deeper. They're yeah, going well, to they they put him. Pasternak back with what you saw last night is, yes. and and their plan, in my opinion, is to put Pasternak back with Bergeron and Marchand. Oh, really? The sec- yes. The second line you saw last night is what their plan is with DeBrusque, Krejci, and Johansson. Heinen's going to go to that third line with Coyle and Backus, mm. and then the fourth line you're going to keep the way it is. See, that I, would be my guess of what they. I've would been do. really mixed on that because when that line, the first line, is a, is clicking, there's good of a top line that there is in hockey. But I just think to really give yourself a better chance to have balanced scoring, you got to move Pasternak on off because almost anybody, like any true NHL forward, can probably look pretty good playing with Bergeron and Marchand. So I think put me in the camp of Pasternak playing with Krejci. I think that makes Krejci a whole lot yeah, better. I liked what I saw last night of that that reconfigured second line. I like it, and I, and I think I, you'd like and, it more with Pasternak. And I love that first line. Yeah, no, I know. But the first that, line is as good a line as there is in hockey. But what what are the chances that you play Tampa in the uh, playoffs and it looks like it did last year, where they just dominate the first line and then you're done? Well, you got nothing from anybody other than that first line, right? I'm saying that, that I think Johansson's you're, you're, the difference. Well, jo- not, not just him. It's you know you've got Coyle, Johansson. You move Heinen down into a third line role. You know you you spread out your scoring a little bit. You're certainly 
you know, a much more balanced team, I think, than you were last year. Six one seven seven. You are so negative. I'm not. Why am I negative? I don't know. Last that's, year's that's team was a good. question we're all very, asking here. Very, why are you so negative? I was very positive about last year's team. I and, was, and, and they and what happened? It, and they beat it out of you. Yeah, they were. They got smoked. I, they didn't belong on the ice in that was, second I, round. I was there. Yeah, no. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven is the telephone number. Dale and Keith, Sports Radio W. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. BEI. Follow Dale on Twitter at Dale E. Arnold. This is Dale and Keith on the WEEI Sports Radio Network. So I was listening to Mutt and Callahan this morning, and uh, Wiggy was in, which the timing couldn't have been better. With Love the, it. With the word yesterday. Right. That there is the at least the, the contemplation, the thought of possibly uh, prohibiting tackle football at the younger ages here yeah, in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. So apparently, Massachusetts lawmakers considering a bill to prohibit children in seventh grade or under from playing, practicing, or participating in tackle football. I don't know how you can do. And Mutton Callahan had a guy on today, some guy that like hates football. He literally said that he was a fan for, of football for a long time, and he played football. I'm like, oh, that's I, I wonder where he played. He goes, not organized, but, you know, Sandlot. I go, what? That doesn't count. Yeah, how That's are, like, like, hey, how I are played you going to that? I played tag growing up. That was his whole point. I, I was like, I wish they, uh, Rossi was there to, to blow him up immediately. When he goes, yeah, you know, I played not organized football. Then he didn't play football. Like, whatever you did, you played pass. We discussed with management about blowing up guests. What happened? Frowned upon. Why's that? Because you invite them. Yeah, but that guy was terrible. Like, yeah, that but, guy was terrible. Uh, he just hates football, and he wanted nobody else to play football, basically. And he's like, "Oh, it's so it's so bad." Like what? It's then then you don't have to play, or you don't have to watch. This is outrageous, by the way. If this does pass, so there well, won't. You played football at the highest levels, so you would you know you'd be able to speak on this in the same way. Jermaine How do you Wiggins feel about could. it? I think that that there are concerns about the effect of head trauma and and what it's especially on younger not fully developed brains and and right so don't play then if you don't want to play or if you don't want your kid to play don't See, play there's a different now it's a law no, or it could there, be there, there isn't a law yet but they're they're talking it's different for me uh, uh a guy who decides he's going to play in the nfl or not despite the overwhelming evidence the chances are there's going to be some effect on him that's different you've made a, a choice if you're talking about a, a seven-year-old uh, you know, I'm not sure the seven-year-old is, or the seventh grader, I should say, is equipped to, with the knowledge to make the decision on his own. So you're letting a parent make the decision, which may or may not be based on so, the right uh, the right information. Do you think 19-year-olds just decide they're going to play in the NFL? No, no, no. Don't they have to play before that? Now, you don't have to play in seventh grade. I'm not suggesting that. There are a lot of stories sure. of guys who started playing in high school, and that's fine. And there's there's plenty of opportunity for that. My personal experience, my first year playing was sixth grade 
So I'm sure there's a lot of people out there, similar experience where they played in Pop Warner. Maybe you played soccer in the fall growing up or you did something else and then you switched over to football. I know now, not when I was playing, but now the flag football leagues are everywhere. Kids are loving that. They're super into it. They get to play the game and it takes out the tackling and all the hitting. So that's great too if you want to play flag. But I just think... Like we've had this conversation with before with people who didn't like football anymore, then so be it. Like there are plenty of options for you to watch or to, you know, read stories about or whatever. There's so many choices. If you don't like football, fine, but why make it why take it away from everybody else? It's the most popular sport in the country. Oh god, by far. It's and not now even close. And now you can't play till you get to high school? Like what? I personally think seeing the little kids with the helmets and they can barely stay up and like they're, they're tipping over because the helmets are so heavy, I personally don't see the purpose of that, but that's me. I wouldn't tell somebody else what age to start their kid playing football. Or as a kid in sixth grade, if I said, hey, I really want to play football, and they're like, mm, sorry, Massachusetts has said that, that you can't. Like, give, give me a break. It, it, it is the, uh, the age-old question. And I, and I understand that you're not a parent yet, but someday if you have a son, yes, and and this son is in the seventh grade, yes. knowing what you know at this point, and by by that time, we may have an even It may not even be football anymore. Yeah, it, may, it may be totally different. They keep but, changing it. It is but, safer now. But knowing yeah. what you know now, would yes. you want your seventh grade son to play tackle yes. football? Yes, if he wanted to. Now, right, I'm not saying you force oh, yeah, him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's the yeah. thing. That's, but that's what it sounds like by making these rules. Like All these kids have been forced to play. It's like, no, they know. And also, the dangers of it, I think, are a little bit more explained. I think people are understanding of what's going on. But there are plenty of dangerous activities. There's a ton. Do you want your kid to get into MMA? Do you want your kid to get into boxing? Do you want your kid to get into hockey? Do you want your, I think, girls' soccer, there's more concussions in girls' soccer at the youth level and in high school than in a lot of these other sports. So there's plenty of things that are dangerous. I'd have to have this conversation with my wife. I don't know if she'd be thrilled with it. Yeah. But let's see what happens in another however many years, or if that even happens for us. But I just think that it's insane to take it away. Like, if there's a parent, like, I had friends growing up that even then, there all the concussion stories weren't out, but a, a couple of my friends didn't play football. Part of it was their parents really encouraged them not to. So they didn't. And that's fine. But then the kids that did want to play, were at least they were able to. At least that was out there. At least there was a, a Pop Warner program or a middle school team or whatever to get you going into the game and decide whether you want to play it in high school. And that's usually where most people kind of end it. You know, a lot of people probably play for five, six, seven, eight years, and then you're done for the most part. The very small percentage is who moves on and, and plays, you know, for, for a career. The way hockey handles youth youth hockey uh, is that you know you can't check? I think the age is twelve. I, I believe it's twelve. Okay, you, you you're not allowed to check until you're twelve years old. A, they want to make sure that they teach them theoretically properly how to do it. But B, I think there's some concern about yeah. the effects and and what goes on here. And I'm I'm just spitballing this thing because I don't know. You know what if they what if they passed the law that said look you, you you can only play flag football until you're high school age. And then you can start, you know, playing tackle football. I don't like that at all. I, I think you should have the option. Now, the flag football thing seems great, and I know there's a lot. I know a lot of people right. that they have, their kids play flag football, and they're super into it, and they have a lot of fun. But then at, at a certain age, I think you're going to want to play tackle football. There's just there's a significant difference. You know, it's high school. I mean, maybe this will change. Maybe another twenty years from now, high school teams will just have flag football teams, and that'll be what it is. And every Friday night, you go out there and you watch the flag football. 
But right now, it's still tackle football. There's a reason why it's the most popular sport in the NFL. And we've talked about this. Every time the NFL makes rule changes, I personally am saying, well, you keep making more changes, it's not going to be the same game. And I'm still loving it now, but it's not what it was before. Oh, no, it's, it's different, sure. It's definitely different. I think it's getting safer and safer, and people are more and more aware of it. The other thing, these Pop Warner coaches, these high school coaches, they all have to pass these tests, like these safety tests and like tackling tests. That's not the way it was even 15 years ago. Yep. I think, I think the coaches are smarter now. I still remember my, I think it was sixth or seventh grade coach, telling us that, hey, and make sure when you tackle, you know, you get your head down and you can see your feet pumping. That's insane. That is an insane thing to say to somebody, and we're all lucky we made it out of there. You need to have your head up. And and I just think coaches are more prepared now to allow – it's still a dangerous game. It just is. But that's also, I think, uh, really the appeal to it. I freely admit that as I've gotten older and as information has become more available, for instance, I've always loved fighting in hockey. Yeah, I still. I, I mean, I you know, I I loved calling fights back when I was doing play by play. I liked watching fights. I hated bench clearing brawls, and I was happy when they got rid of those. Well, like the cheap shots are outrageous. Want, There's but, no but, excuse but for those. But if you have two guys, a good fight, who challenge yeah. each other and drop the sticks and gloves, I always loved it. Yeah. And then as more and more information became available, as we got more and more evidence of hockey players who suffered, and by the way, suicides and, and CTE, and, and, you know, it got me, I started having second thoughts about it. See, I, I, I think those guys kind of know what they're getting themselves into, and I just think I'm not sure th- that they knew, you know, the, then, the, the, the previous generation of they tough may, guys. No, they may today, not. Today, you should know. Today, you have a pretty good idea, but I think some people are just different in how they, you know, watch different sports and what they enjoy, like, I like watching MMA, and that is just two guys in there trying to kill each other. And you can get vicious knockouts, you can get you know disgusting injuries, but I love it. I'm I'm all in for that. I like hockey fights. I like big hits in football, even though there's less and less of them. I want to be entertained. I I personally, and this maybe makes me a bad person, I'm not as concerned about what that person's going to be like thirty years from now if they make it to be thirty years. Maybe it's cold, but that's my entertainment like like the roman gladiators i would have been one of those guys in the stands i would have watched that now as soon as they brought Rooting out the tiger the lions no as soon as, they brought, <laughs> as soon as they started fighting the lion i'd say stop fighting the lion but if you get two guys in there and they're trying to kill each other i'd watch that 617-779-7937 doug's in lemonster hey doug hey what's up guys? hey doug how are you thanks for taking my call let me get you off speaker oh that'd be great thank you um, oh my god so anyways i like i said um I played football for 10 years, nice. top honor, high school, and then four years semi-pro. And um, had a lot of good times. And, what? You know, I was six foot tall. and Nice. How, how much you weigh? Around. Right now, I weigh 220. No, no, no. Your playing days, Doug, how much did you weigh? 220. 220. What position did you play? Linebacker and uh, guard. Or tack, mostly guard. Is that kind of an Iron Man? I don't know. It wasn't back then. I'm 60 years old. No, 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 no. I'm suggesting like you played both ways. Is what I'm saying. Yes. yes yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, you had to. You had to back then, right, Doug? Well, it, it, yeah. The quality of some of the players weren't as sure thick as we wanted to be. But sure. uh, I played. Now, do you regret any of it, Doug, or would you do it all over again? I just left the doctor's office. Yeah. I, oh no! I, don't don't yeah. give us any bad. I can't handle any bad news today, Doug. It's neuropathy from probably a couple of stingers. Oh boy. What's yeah. the treatment on that front? 
Uh, probably surgery. I mean, oh. I'm still a hundred percent utilizing, okay. using, but I'm I'm losing muscle mass. Oh no! You didn't like that. What's the matter with you, Rossi? I, I wanted him to blow you up. Why? I wanted a little I, bit of. Blood. I wanted him to blow you up more than him. See, the game has really changed, Dale, because at 220 pounds, you probably couldn't be a Can't guard. Be a linebacker. Not in there. today's yeah, game. No. Not in today's game. You'd that be a seems, safety now. It seems a little light. Yeah, maybe a running back even at 220. Some of these guys. You wanted to blow up the guy this morning for saying this. I love the sport. I played it when I was younger. Never in an organized way, but a lot of sandlot games. I spit out my coffee and I wasn't even drinking <laughs> any. I, when he said car. that, I was like, "Are you kidding?" They took him seriously. He was like, "I played a lot of football. Now, not organized, but you know, in the Sandlot. That's the most outrageous thing ever play said on the Sandlot station. Sandlot tackle football. That guy did. No, not tackle. I don't even know what it was. I played what a lot it? of Sandlot tackle football. When that's I was like there. saying, like, no. I mean, I played a lot of baseball. Well, I mean, not organized baseball, but I'd have a catch couple with, of buddies. I'd have yeah. a catch, you know, with the, with the neighbor. Yeah, I'd play pass. That why would you even why would you share that information? I almost drove off the road. He said, "Yeah, I played organ. I did play organ. I played it when I was younger. Never in an organized way, but a lot of sandlot games. I didn't really play it. I was in movies as a kid, and by in movies, I meant I watched movies. I was in the theater, (laughs) like watching them a fair amount. Like what the hell? Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven is the telephone number. It's Dale and a very irate Rich Keefe, Sports Radio W E E I. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.